This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Settle in, grab a beer. And turn up those headphones. This is episode 57 of Top Rope Nation, your one stop for the best in professional wrestling talk. I'm Ryan Drosty, joined here by Justin Joint, Kyle Ross, for our weekly edition of wrestling podcasting. And this is going to be a little bit different than our uh, usual shows because as I introduce one of my co-hosts here, Justin and I, who both live in the same town, are currently dealing with a possible incoming tornado. So this is going to be the tornado show of Top Rope Nation. Uh, things could get interesting here in the next hour. Justin, how are you doing over there across town? Is everything going all right in your household? So far, so good. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous. Um, tornadoes, sharks, and seven-hour uh, long <laughs> wrestling shows. Those are my biggest fears. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, I'm down in my basement recording this where I usually am, so I feel kind of safe, but my wife is upstairs, so if I hear any yelling or screaming, we might have to just like hit pause in the old record button here. You guys even get, Kyle, Kyle Ross, our other co-host here, do you guys even get tornadoes in Ohio? You're, we're kind of in Tornado Alley over here in Iowa. I don't know. What, what's the what's the tornado yeah. situation in Ohio? They're rare, but they can happen. I'm also in my basement. Uh as we speak, but for a much different reason, uh, right before we started recording much more lighthearted issues that I'm dealing with here in Cleveland, uh, walked outside, looked in the pond. I'm not a zoologist, but, uh, I saw 12 frogs in our pond that we've got in the backyard engaging in what appeared to be a mass orgy and they are loud. <laughs> I mean, uh, I cannot imagine wrong. the noise that was coming from that pond. It's not. I can kind of hear it down here, even with the headphones on. Like my dogs are going insane, just listening to just a dozen frogs fucking their brains out. <laughs> what a podcast this has already been, guys. Yeah, I know. And by the way, if the tornado hits, should I keep talking, or should I assume that the recording equipment's no longer working? We're, we're going to be like Kyle. Got to go. Take over. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just, just like I'll leave just... my. I'll leave the recorder going. We'll capture the audio, and you'll hear me like screaming like a little girl in the background. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be the lost tapes. We can, you know. <laughs> I, I do want to clarify uh, because we mentioned we were recording here in our basements. Um, we are homeowners. We are not your uh, stereotypical wrestling fans oh, here living, we go living with their here we go <laughs> living with their parents down in the basement criticizing professional wrestling that not that is not the top rope nation crew that is not how we roll 
We actually are responsible adults most times. What, what God bless? Hey, look, it's a tough economy. Okay, let me tell you something. I don't think the presidents in either party have done a great job since World War II. So if you're still struggling and living with my dad, God bless you. And we welcome you to listen to the show, too. <laughs> and, you know, that's a good segue because if you are struggling, if you guys haven't seen on our Twitter account, at Top Rope Pod, if you're a listener, we are giving away free merchandise to one lucky winner. All you have to do, the tweet is pinned at the top of our page, is retweet this tweet I put up, go to iTunes, leave us a review, put in your uh, Twitter username and the review so we know who you are. And on next week's show, uh, on May 10th, we will be drawing a winner, and that winner will get to choose any of the t-shirts from our shop, which you can get to via TopRopeNation.com. Any size you want. We've got several great designs. You got the old Top Rope Nation logo shirt. We've got the Grab a Hold Tell a Story shirt, courtesy of Kyle Ross. We've got Johnny New Japan, also courtesy of Kyle Ross. <laughs> We've got the Wrestle or Die shirt, if you're a history lover, kind of based off the old Revolution-era cartoon, Join or Die, but it's Wrestle or Die. we got some good stuff, so all you do. Top Rope Pod on Twitter. Retweet that tweet. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can check out our entire history of podcasts on iTunes, topropenation.com. Like I said, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, wherever podcasts are found. So as we move into the discussion portion here, guys, on what's going on in, in pro wrestling, we're coming off of the greatest Royal Rumble show last Friday, and we spent considerable amount of time talking about the controversy related to that show last week actually i thought it was one of our better discussions we've had in quite some time i think about the first 20 minutes of the show we talked about that and kyle you had texted me i was like the next day a couple days later that you thought of even more you wanted to say and we didn't get it in then we saw the show so we thought we could kind of you know tie up any loose ends related to grace royal rumble and any closing thoughts on that situation i'm gonna throw it right to kyle because uh, i know this is is still on your mind so what do you got to say yeah man i I don't know about you guys i was just thinking about it a lot and everyone was talking about it on twitter leading up to the show both pro and mostly con but you know an issue started sticking with me this is uh, i'm gonna play both sides of the coin here an issue is sticking with me about the concept of legislating morality uh and the u.s's role in that doing it so here's my point okay triple h made the comment about well you know even if you don't agree with another culture it doesn't mean it's irrelevant you need to respect them and there might and for those critical of the WWE for going over there. There are certainly valid reasons to be, to feel that way. I started thinking of that and I don't want to get way off topic too late, but I'm not a big legislating morality guy. I mean, I could go into how I I think it's an issue. The democratic party needs to rectify moving forward, but that's a different podcast for a different day, you know, and I'm thinking, all right, Obviously, Saudi Arabia is at the very most end of the spectrum in terms of egregiousness, right, with human rights. Mm-hmm. But, you know, could you argue that the WWE shouldn't do business in Alabama because, you know, they still celebrate Confederate Memorial Day there? Uh, 
45% of the population wanted to vote for a guy who would have been a bad senatorial candidate in 1952, <laughs> just last November. <laughs> right? That's true. And so my argument, and I hate the slippery slope argument because it can be used against me in some ways I feel on other issues, but it was dirty. It was, look, here's the bottom line. They took a lot of dirty oil money to run the, do this show. I watched it. Like I said last week, if you didn't want to watch it, it's your own prerogative, and I don't, I'm not going to besmirch you, to quote William Regal. But where you draw the line remains kind of a, a, a hard... We talked about that a lot last week. I thought that's when the discussion got really good, is, you know, as a wrestling fan, when do you draw the line? If, you, if you've ever drawn it at all. You know, I talked about the Chris Benoit murder-suicide, now I stopped watching. But... You know, I, I I just I was thinking of that, and I'm like, man, you know, this could go a lot of places. You know, the the whole idea of well, we're not going to do business there because we don't agree with these people. Well, you, you could really ap start applying that to a lot of other places, and it could be a slippery slope. Like I said, Saudi Arabia is absolutely on uh, the egregious end of the spectrum when it comes to that stuff, but. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. It was a thought I, I had burning in my craw on Friday afternoon. <laughs> what did you guys think about it? Well, I, as you mentioned Alabama specifically there, I had to pull up our uh, download numbers and make sure we didn't have a massive following in Alabama. So uh, We do have some downloads in Alabama, but it's not one of our most downloaded states as I look at the stats here. Um, okay. No, I, I, know what you are, I know what you're saying for sure, and it's a good argument. I think um, you also have to be careful... You know, if if you start doing like the whole what about stuff, you know, yeah, Saudi Arabia has all these problems, which are, of course, beyond anything. Any and United is States. it? And we need to bring this up too. Is it? It's certainly not the WWE's role. No. But is it the United States's role to change it? As bad as it is. And people, you know, this is an interesting topic that people are who are tuning into this hear about professional wrestling discussion that they're getting. But is it the United States' role to change the way they think in Saudi Arabia? Because one could argue, and I'll get into this later on when I am more critical of the show, of some stuff that happened during the course of the Greatest Royal Rumble Ever show, that that's gotten the United States into trouble in that region when we think we know best. We're going to go over there, sprinkle some star-spangled awesome democracy on these people, and all's going to be right with the world. <laughs> well, I got news for you. That ain't happened in 40 years. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a whole different argument. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it kind of depends. It depends on if people are losing their lives. What are the issues we're talking about? Is it, is it customs? Is it life and death? The amount of people that are being affected are, are all relevant there. Um, but what, what I was going to say with, with the, you know, the whole whataboutism th stuff is that what's going on there with you know, putting, on, putting gay people to death, it's, it's probably beyond yes, the issues like here in the I United said. States. So like, I feel like if, if you paint everything with, yes, but we also do bad stuff here and they do bad stuff in Alabama and you know, wherever – then you get into the situation where 
nothing is wrong because you can always say, well, but someone else does something bad too. And then like, I think it, I think it demeans a wrong. If you're always pointing something, somebody else doing a wrong, like there's, there's I agree. And that's what I agree. And that's why I generally hate the slippery slope argument. I'm just saying, you know, I can see it gaining traction. Yeah. And it's interesting sometimes how different sides of the political spectrum will use the slippery slope when it's convenient to their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, I think last week on the show, I was I was pretty anti-WWE doing business there. You, you seemed a little more open to it. Uh, Justin was kind of in the middle. Uh, did, you, did you guys feel any differently like the day, the day after when, when the government of Saudi Arabia... Cool. Issued the apology because they aired a commercial that featured a woman on it. Like, what, Justin, let me bring you in here. What, what do you think when you heard about that? I'm just, just a complete lack of surprise. I mean, it wasn't shocking to me at all. I mean, I, I kind of felt dirty about the whole thing anyway. So that just kind of added to it, especially, you know, with it seemingly coming out that Sami Zayn was withheld from the show because of his, some of his Syrian descent. You know, that's, that's keeping somebody off of, they're off of a show because of ethnicity and I don't know it's just like, the thing I loved was after watching the show is is that it was really it wasn't the greatest Royal Rumble it was the greatest house show <laughs> that was a great tweet well, that you had. although Meltzer made, made kind of a funny comment which have been few and far between of late but uh in the observer he said you know people were saying that but don't tell that to the WWE employees who were like you know uh behind the scenes who worked their ass off to get, you know, that show going that was kind of, you know, I think to the audience, not just Justin, a large part of the audience, came off as a house show. Mm-hmm. And how wrong we were because we got no world title changes. <laughs> we thought maybe both would change hands. Instead, we, yeah. got, we got no world title it, changes. You know, so it, it made sense given the, that it was a paid novelty show, to be honest with you. Although we're, we're going to talk about Roman and, and where he stands now. Uh, but you know, with AJ and Nakamura, okay, if you're going to change that title, it probably makes more sense to do a backlash than it does, you know, on a show on Saudi Arabia at four in the afternoon when half your audience might not be watching live. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are two things, by the way, because I don't want to necessarily be painted in as a pro WWE guy in this situation. There are there are two things that happen during the course of that show that were, I thought, pretty foul. One was the video they showed during the intermission, uh, the pro- which was, in essence, a propaganda piece for Saudi Arabia about, you know, it made it seem, oh, what a nice progressive place this is. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. You know, this isn't like when Snickers sponsors a show and we make silly commercials. In between, this <laughs> well, is something yeah. very different. I mean, that that was foul to to, and then to kind of like they doubled down on it on Raw. I was like, oh come on, guys, y- you took your dirty oil money, but let's not, you know. Yeah, I think I think the statement from the government the next day kind of proved nothing is really changing as yeah, it relates and, to and what should we genders. We're sitting here talking about the state of Saudi Arabian politics, and you know. Here's a country where women are just starting to get some rights. And lo and behold, you know, they're living about, you know, that women weren't allowed on the show. And lo and behold, they're apologizing for women being on the show in that even in that regard. 
Yeah. It, it, like Justin said, it what it shouldn't be that surprising that that was their response to throw WWE under the bus. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of ironic. I don't want to get too historical on on this show, even though that is my Twitter hashtag historical Ryan or username. But uh, it's kind of ironic though, as, as, us as Americans making this argument about how how bad Saudi Arabia is with women's rights and stuff because you know if you rewind a hundred years the US was actually kind of on the slow curve as it relates to women's rights which you know. is part of it you know with you know the US is you know I, I have this you know people get pissed off at this but so what direct you can direct your angry tweets direct just to me individually you know I always have this saying the United States is not the greatest country in the world all the other ones just happen to be a little bit worse <laughs> Well, I'm not comparing the situations. I don't. I don't want anyone to like misunderstand me. We're talking about different levels of of committing a wrong here. But when the U.S. gave women the right to vote in 1920, that was way behind the curve of many, many other countries mm-hmm. on Earth. And it, you know, it's crazy. Women have not even been able to vote in the United States for a hundred years yet, and uh, we still haven't had a woman president. When most industrialized countries have had women leaders, so. We are kind of behind the curve still. We're not we're not Saudi Arabia, don't get me wrong, but uh, no. we got our own issues, that's for sure. Um how did you guys feel by the way? This was my one thing cuz to be honest with you, this was the thing that I thought was the most foul and it seemed that most people didn't care about it was the Saudi Arabia Iran skit they did. I thought that was so bad actually. It it drew the most heat on the show and Normally, I would kind of just write that off as whatever standard xenophobic pro wrestling angle. But going back to some of the stuff I said last week, that's like to be exhibit A of bad U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East. Like that was like the WWE's version of like our awful for our awful Middle Eastern foreign policy, because like we're all the same age. Right. And. Growing up, the Ayatollah Khomeini in Iran was painted as like this horrible monster, right? And and truthfully, he and I, you know, were never destined to have dinner together. But like, <laughs> if you look at the history of the U.S. and Iran, like, didn't he have every right to be pissed off that we overthrew a democratically elected leader? And my point here is, Saudi Arabia, like, is no better than Iran. And the fact that we've chosen a side, and that should be mentioned here, the WWE is not doing anything that the United States doesn't endorse. We're, you know, we have, the United States as a nation has dealings with Saudi Arabia, which is a problem with our Middle Eastern policy, which I keep harping on. I I thought, like, you know, aside, you know, the the stuff that Davari tweeted was very serious, obviously, but I just thought that was so emblematic of bad United States foreign policy, that segment. And it actually moderately offended me that they did it yeah there was <laughs> i got some I, play I sh- in the media that's for sure justin i sure shit fast forwarded through that segment yeah i'm not gonna lie i didn't watch it at the time <laughs> i was watching on delay so uh, kyle you watched it live so you couldn't fast forward um but no, i just kind of googled no. it and uh i and- i i actually I, I was i was not live at the time that was after um you know when people <laughs> I'll tell you what, here's another little uh, behind-the-curtain reference. When people talk about this greatest Royal Rumble ever pay-per-view and I think about it a year from now... Oh, God, I know where this is going. (laughs) I'm just going to remember, you know, I'm just going to remember peeking through the crack of my bathroom door watching it as I was 
relegated to toilet duty for a large portion of that show. You were having a rough afternoon, in. man. Ooh, baby. I'll tell you what. Anyone lives here in Independence, Ohio, maybe steer clear of the Quaker Steak and Lube on Canal Road. Oh, boy. Kyle's like, guys, we're good friends, right? I could be real honest with you. He's like, I'm going to tell you what's going on in my house right now. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. diarrhea. <laughs> Now, when I searched Saudi Arabia, Iran, WWE, one of the first things that popped up was an article on the Daily Beast, which is kind of a political commentary website. And they've got a whole article blasting it. You know, the first line is, Saudi Arabia used the men of World Wrestling Entertainment, owned by the husband of Trump cabinet member Linda McMahon, to put out anti-Shiite propaganda. Yeah, and, and you know, people are probably tired of me talking about it, but there, there was a front line that, that, talk, that really opened my eyes. I happened to watch it just randomly about two months ago. Um, on the history of Saudi Arabia versus Iran and the United States' role in it and how we've really stupidly, quite frankly, taken a side and that has bit us in the ass. And, I don't know. Well, so it, it was it, it was an all-too-familiar verse, I thought. And that, so, you know, it's funny. My wife, who I thought would be, like, the kind of person, like, offended by a skit like that, like, was like, oh, of course they would do something like that. <laughs> um, and wasn't offended at all. But to me, I was like, Ah oh, man, this is just like for an area where we just continue to have so many problems for, you know, to do something like that is just foul. Yeah. Speaking of foul, where the hell do we go with Roman Reigns at this point? Oh! <laughs> so let's just go right into it. What, I mean, what are we going to do with this guy? The thing on that show, yes. I I don't even know anymore. Like I know the way the finish went. They think maybe it didn't take too much away from him, but like they can't keep matching him up with Brock, can they? <laughs> like, hasn't this run its course by now? Should we should we just pivot to Braun Strowman ASAP? We think Roman's still going to get the run with the belt first. Justin, where are you at with Roman Reigns? Um, when I look at where he's at as a whole, like since he started his single run. It doesn't really bother me because almost the story is always coming up short, whether it be Seth cashing in at 31. You know, he he beat Triple H for the title at 32, but it wasn't a very long reign. And uh, that was once again Seth coming back from an injury and and taking it from him. Well, that was Um, his own doing, remember, too, because he got popped for the wellness violation. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking of it more in terms of kayfabe. Um, Well, that's why he lost yeah, so so he keeps coming up short, and I don't really mind that story. I'm I'm curious where they're gonna keep going with it. The only thing that really actually bothers me is that they have two genuine baby faces on Raw that the crowd loves in Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is doing some of the best work of his career right now. Um, I I I am I'm still not as down on Roman Reigns. I don't think. The match at the greatest house show or the greatest sausage party buried him, <laughs> but I, I'm ready for them to. They need to. They need to do something else with him. I. They need to go to somebody else, and they definitely need to get that freaking title off of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar to me is one of the worst worst WWE champions in recent memory. It's just he's awful. an albatross on the show. Yeah, he's just off. You could you could argue, you know, and, and we'll we'll talk about backlash later on in the show. Oh, by the way, there's another uh, quote unquote pay per view coming up this weekend. 
But this whole thing where it's like you've got a select couple guys on the main, you know, that are full timers like Roman and Braun that kind of dominate everyone else, but they lose to Brock. It it's just bad. It no one comes out looking good. I mean, I guess Brock does, but I don't understand how this is helping your full time roster when you've got your two top guys can't beat the ch- baby faces, mind you, can't beat the champion, but they run through everybody else. Mm-hmm. It, you're just making your full time roster look like a bunch of chumps, particularly Roman. And I mean, I started thinking about him. I don't care what anybody says. You know, like there's this notion, oh, you know, because I think C, what was it? it was CM Punk brought it up on the infamous Colt Cabana podcast, right? Where he's like, it's all about Roman. Got to make Roman look good, right? And everyone picked up on that. There's this like yep. narrative online where, you know, you know, you got to protect Roman Reigns at all costs. And, you know, he's the golden boy. If Roman nope. Reigns is the golden boy, I'd hate to see the way they book somebody who ain't the golden boy. Because Roman Reigns has been booked like shit for the large, for the majority of the last four years. I I would argue you could go back to the Shield breakup. And if I'm in the writing room when they're coming up with that breakup in the summer of 2014, okay, who did that benefit initially? Well, Seth Rollins. And if you're Vince McMahon, and you have it in your mind at that point that Roman Reigns is to become the top baby face for this company. Remember, Daniel Bryan was hurt at the time, and they did not know if he was going to come back. I'll get to that in a moment. You can't put him in a position like they did where Seth turns, so the heat's on him, and you have two baby faces that the audience can choose from, Ambrose and Rollins, or pardon me, Ambrose and Reigns, and a large portion of the audience chose Ambrose at that time. It was very inorganic when they kind of decided to shoot Reigns to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, if you want to make Reigns that guy and get the crowd behind him, you had to have Rollins and Ambrose turn on him and isolate him on the baby face, uh, on the baby face side where he's the guy, you know, the crowd's pissed that the shield broke up, and Roman Reigns is the guy, you know, fighting for those people. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. And then on top of that, you have Daniel Bryan come back at the end of the year, as we all remember, who had, and, and this just wasn't bizarro world or any bullshit like that, okay? This was Daniel Bryan, who had to give up the title due to injury, cuts in a incredible promo about his father passing away and it's in this great story going to the Royal Rumble how he's got this opportunity to get back in the world title picture and you just you basically ensure that your hardcore audience will hate Roman Reigns based on the way that Royal Rumble match was booked that's not on Roman Reigns that's that was completely on the booking so Roman's like dead going into WrestleMania, right? And Justin brought it up. They have Rollins cash in. That I actually liked because it was a no-win situation with Lesnar and Reigns. But, you know, I mean, he did get over at the end of that year, 
And he wins the title, right? Punching out Vince McMahon. Uh, and he beats Sheamus for the title. Well, then what do they do? They take the title off. They haven't put the title up at a Royal Rumble. Triple H fucking baby faces himself left and right. And you're killing him again. Like, I, I just don't see where the strong booking of Roman Reigns is. If you look at his entire ba- singles babyface run. Yeah, you make some great points, I think, because people always talk. I see that all the time. That Roman's so protected and stuff. But that's the same thing they used to say about Cena. But Cena actually was like winning constantly during during his heyday. Yes! And Ro- Roman has never like yes, it's the biggest detriment to Roman is the booking, the terrible booking surrounding him. It has nothing to do with the crowd reactions. Everyone's going to always talk about how he gets mediocre crowd reactions. That's not necessarily why he hasn't taken off, although that's, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with the booking. Uh, but based on the mixed reactions, he could it's still just be cool what they, to boo him. Yeah. When he, you hear that music, yeah. it's just cool to boo him because the WWE's made it that way. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. He could still be what they want him to be with the mixed crowd reactions. And funny you should mention the music because I thought of something as you were talking that I wanted to bring up um, and see. It kind of goes back to when the Shield broke up. So I was having a discussion last weekend about this with one of my best friends, and he made some points. I didn't really necessarily agree with everything he said, but some of them were interesting points, and I thought it was worthy of discussion on the podcast this week. He thinks that one of the biggest problems with Roman and why he hasn't taken off um, and why the fans don't like him is because, A, he hasn't got far enough away from like the shield look that he had when he was in the shield, you know, wearing the same outfit. He came through the crowd for a long time. Um, th- he still uses the shield music that he hasn't really like remade himself at all. And so my buddy went on and on about this and he thinks that that is like one of the biggest problems with Roman Reigns. I disagreed, but I can see where the argument comes in. And I wanted to pose that question to you. Do you guys think that, Roman just basically still using the shield gimmick is is hurting him and he hasn't been able to take off as a character I, I, because of that. What do you think, Justin? I love the question. I think it's probably irrelevant if you look at the history of teams breaking up. Um, Shawn Michaels changed everything. Marty Jannetty kept the rocker gimmick and, and kind of died with it. Uh, Bret Hart kept the Hart Foundation look mm-hmm. and music. Um kind of I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head but I think that's irrelevant to me it's it's always bothered me but I, I don't think it's just it's the way they've booked them and the unfortunate you know case with the crowd wanting Daniel Bryan at a time when you know booking ignored that mm-hmm. yeah I mean and it's not like I mean like I said it's not it wasn't bizarro world with Daniel Bryan like, it was very legitimate. Like, if I, like, I would have been fired probably if I worked for the WWE in 2014. I mean, I would have just slammed my hand on that table uh, until the freaking cows came home. I mean, th- they should not have tried to push Roman at a time when Daniel Bryan, you know, storyline-wise, had every reason to win that Royal Rumble. And was very over. Like, Roman arguably should have been the guy to beat Rusev at that WrestleMania. And, like, if you don't... I wonder what happens if they don't push Roman over Daniel Bryan during that time. 
And let's just, I'm just throwing an idea out there that he beats, he was the guy instead of Cena to beat Rusev and then Rusev's undefeated streak. And then Daniel Bryan gets hurt at, you know, Daniel Bryan did get hurt and was out for three years. If they didn't try pushing Roman over Daniel Bryan at that time, and then Bryan gets hurt, is Roman's trajectory completely different and are the crowd reactions completely different? I think it would be because I think the Brian dynamic is what sank him and what the hole that he hasn't been able to climb out of. I think that is like exhibit A and what went wrong with yeah. Roman Reigns. And I think they couldn't have foreseen what happened with Brian, but when Brian got injured and left, there is the possibility that if Roman was lurking in the background, they could have gravitated towards him. Because I think the reason the fans pushed against is because they felt – you know, rightly or wrongly, that Roman was forced down their throats and he wasn't the natural next guy. But if Brian's taken out of the equation and the fans don't see it as Roman screwing Brian out of his spot, he definitely would have had a much better chance of being successful, I think. Yeah, and and to answer your question from before, I'm, I'm with Justin. I think it's kind of a, a tertiary or minute thing. You know, him still wearing the vest, coming out to the Shield music compared to the other issues we've kind of laid out here. Yeah, let me ask you about that music, too, because that came up in our discussion. I actually really like the Roman Reigns theme song. I think it works for him. My buddy thinks it's a, one of the worst songs for a top guy, like, ever. I get kind of jazzed up for it. I like it. it. I do. Yeah. I do like it, especially live. But, uh, um, you know, he, he said that... Um, when you think of like all the other top baby faces, they they have a more upbeat, like faster song, and it, it, his is just too slow, too slow, and too much of a slog. So, I, I don't. I wanted to run that by you guys too because I, I thought it was an interesting discussion. There's some of it's on him. He doesn't come out like he comes out looking pretty cocky, and we talked about like you know. To be fair, there's always two sides to every story. Like he's not Cena in the sense that. He just doesn't come across as the natural babyface John Cena does. John mm-hmm. Cena may not like him, but he, he he's a very natural babyface. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns kind of comes across at times, and you know, we talked about this after Ma- the after Mania show. My buddy's like, he just comes across like a cocky asshole. <laughs> but doesn't like every top you know pro superstar in sports for the most part these days i mean I yeah I but you gotta remember you gotta remember like top pro superstar like you know they they you know there are people who like them and there are people who hate them yeah the, the mixed reaction is about it, it, it's just that it's look man he didn't get that we gotta talk about this he turned the mics down in saudi arabia for his entrance because there were people even booing there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's bad. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, look, to double back, where do we go from here? You you posed, well, they can't just keep going status quo, can they? Going back to the Lesnar reigns well. Can they? Absolutely. <laughs> but. <laughs> Should they? <laughs> Raw is in for a long year. If that's still the goal, yeah, that's all I gotta say. That's just not. I mean, I said it before, and I say it again. You know, when he did win the title at the end of fifteen and was getting over again, Philadelphia, he was cheered at when he won that when he beat Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Cheered. They should have done the Lesnar match in Texas one year after there was no winner. 
This year, there, there, there will be no, there was no money in the bank that was out of the way. This year, there must be a winner. Freaking do it. No DQ. You could have brought Austin in as a special enforcer and have Reigns beat as the Lesnar could have won the Rumble to set the rematch up. And they should have done it then. Yeah. It's like, like this whole thing, it reminds me of Sting in the old NWA days. You know, uh, we're, when Sting becomes champion, it, it's all going to change. Well, it fucking didn't change. <laughs> they, they waited two years. They, you know, and some of it was, you know, injury and, you know, them also not having appropriate uh, challengers lined up for him once he won it. But nothing changed. When, mm-hmm. you know, they waited two years to crown Sting and nothing changed. It actually got worse. So, you know, if you have the idea in your head, I want Roman Reigns to beat Brock Lesnar, fucking do it, man. Stop screwing us and jerking us around. Yeah. I just, I don't know what the end game is with Brock here because the original plan was Brock is just unbeatable and then Roman dethrones him. But like you said, they've they've built up to that match so many times and then Roman doesn't beat him that it's like, what's the point anymore? Do they... I He's feel, Lex Luger. Yeah, He's like, Lex Luger. They've just wasted... They've wasted that to the point where like... Brock, even though, yes, he hasn't lost, just doesn't feel like a big deal anymore like he did a couple years ago. And we talked about how he's just not a great champion, and he's you know been this albatross on the Raw brand for years now. Uh, and we see that he's re-signed for this like, per-appearance fee he's getting, and it's just outrageous amount of money. Like, I, Is Brock Lesnar even that big of a draw anymore? He he was you know five or six years ago, but he's been back for a while now. Is he? I don't think he's worth that kind of money. I don't think he's that big of a draw to the wrestling fans anymore. I don't know what we're doing at this point. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's 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 time to move on. I think everyone sees that Braun Strowman is kind of that guy lurking back there, and they better not wait too long in it. And I think it's just move right into Braun Strowman beating Brock. Why not? The only issue is, look, Braun would solve the problem of that with Roman that, you know, the the crowd is pretty much universally behind Braun, Mm -hmm. right? So if you put it on Braun, okay, you've got a babyface champion that everyone's behind. But I don't know if Braun Strowman actually works great as a world champion. That character. Yeah, I think it'd be it would need to be a short term thing, and everyone's been talking about this for years. But if they do finally do a Reigns heel turn, uh, a heel Reigns versus Braun feud could be pretty good. I think. Yeah, do they that's have most... him win. Do they have him win Money in the Bank? And that's the impetus for a heel turn, Roman. Yeah, I could see that. They've definitely got a lot of options for that one. Is that the next pay-per-view after Backlash? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I, I feel like that could work. Uh, it's really the only thing they haven't tried with Roman yet. And if you've got a, a guy who's universally getting cheered like Braun, I don't think he really would have the... Like we've talked about before, how if Reigns turns, then they're going to cheer him, which might be the case. But if you match him up against Braun, they're not going to cheer him. I don't think that's a concern then. So it might be the way to go. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it, to me, it's Lex Luger all over. Like, you know, in the sense that, like, 
but at least Lex was like the U.S. champion and could go back to defending that title. Like when I was watching Raw on Monday, and it was just babyface Roman. And, and by the way, they book they booked that segment to completely make you think he's an asshole. You know, I mean, okay, the gender comes out. All right, whatever. But then they have like Owens and Zayn, the hometown heroes, come out, and everyone's going crazy for them. And you know, you're just looking at Roman. You're like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking of potential champions, and when they finally get the belt off of, of Brock, what they're gonna do. And uh, we're doing our backlash preview over at Pop Culture, and. Jack Snodgrass was making, he's been on the show before, he was making the questions on that we always go through in our preview. It's like a series of questions. And one of the questions he had, it's not really related to Backlash, though he's wrestling on it, is he said, will Seth Rollins win the world title or the universal title before the end of 2018? And I thought that was a pretty tough question to answer just because of the dynamic, you know, being the Intercontinental Champion and how do they move him back into the, the world title picture. And we know that he's having a great year. And Justin said maybe this is the best year of his career. You could definitely make that argument. He's having such a great year, but I don't know. Like, it's just thinking about what's going on with Roman and Braun and Brock. Like, uh, I don't know if he is going to be the world champion by the end of the year. I said I went with there would be maybe a good chance by around Survivor Series, he could be back into the picture post SummerSlam at least. But what do you guys think? I wanted to pose that question to you. Do you think Rollins is going to be back as world champion before the end of the year? Or is that is he just not going to fit in? I think it's it's certainly possible. Um, you kind of pointed out there's already kind of a logjam with Brock and Roman and Braun. Um, but I, I I think that's who should have it. I think he's possibly the most consistently entertaining part of raw every week and boy let's let's get that universal title back on raw every week that'd be nice yeah i can't see him beating the guy to beat brock that's the key like you know when is brock losing it like if this brock thing goes on long then the answer to your question is no because i just don't see them having seth rollins be the guy to end Lesnar's title run. Mm-hmm. And by the way, now that we have these brand, the brands are combined for these pay-per-views, you know, I, you know, they have to have that the people who argue there's too many titles in WWE and there is, you know, it, Oh, well, you got to have a world champion on both shows. Well, Brock's not on most of the shows. Yeah. Unify him so again. It, Do it. Yeah, like to me, I've said it before because the U.S. title is kind of worthless. One traveling world champion, and then you raise the the universal title could be like a secondary title because I think the U.S. title has just never worked in the WWE. It, it's a it's an NWA WCW title, um, and I just don't think it has the cachet. And have the universal title be like the main title of one brand, the IC be the main of the other. And then, you know, the world titles, like, above brand distinction. Mm-hmm. That's that's always been my kind of view of this. I think it'd be kind of hard to move it down in prestige at this point, though, the, the universal title. I know what you're saying, and that makes sense. Well, but the, the goal is not to move it down. It's, it's kind of like to move it up. Like, um, it, it would, it would well, it would actually be the same. 
to be honest. Because it well, is basically... So it'd be like elevating the, the WWE title above it again. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's the question? I mean, you guys have casual fan friends, right? What's the number one... If you have one of these guys who comes over to watch a paper, okay, what's the number one question they always ask? Who's right. the champion? Yeah. My buddies always ask... Like, when I, I have guys, oh, who's the champion? That's always the question they ask. And, like, you wouldn't believe the confused look on their face when I... Well, there's two brands, so there's, like, two, champ, you know, main champions. Like, they're like, what? Mm-hmm. And it'd be one thing if, okay, they had the guys defending it all the time, you know, on both, but they don't. Yeah. Now, I think we talked about it when they created the Universal title. Way back when we started this podcast, we, we were not a fan of doing that in the first place. And uh, I don't like it. I'd, I'd rather have one world champion. And uh, when they finally unified the two world champions, I loved that period in WWE. And I, I would like to go back to one, just one overarching champion and like you said kyle now that they have the brands connected on pay-per-view there's really not the need to have two world champions so good point good point um before we get into the uh the backlash preview i've just got kind of like some quick fire questions i wrote down that people threw at us on twitter that i wanted to get to this week um these are kind of wide ranging about different topics the first one is an nxt question um, I know at least one or two of us is pretty high in the sky. Uh, actually, probably all three. Is Tommaso Ciampa one of the best heels of all time? And this was thrown out by our, our listener, our buddy Joel on Twitter. What do you guys think? I don't, I don't know if it's as much him as it is the angle. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the angle's really hot. I mean, I, I would say Miz is you know, way beyond a better heel in general than Tommaso Ciampa. He Tommaso Ciampa's been fantastic. He he's pulled off this storyline perfectly. Um I need to see how he does against somebody else before I can crown him as, you know, the best heel ever. That was a great take by Justin. Uh yeah, because all time that's strong. <laughs> yeah. But to Justin's point, how much of it is him working opposite Johnny Gargano? Mm-hmm. Who is maybe the best baby face in all of WWE besides Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. right now? So, Justin's right. Like, I, I imagine Ciampa working on the main roster against someone who's not Johnny Gargano. How does that go? Like, there's so much heat on him the way they broke that, the team up and stuff. It was so well done. It is a great angle he's doing unbelievable heel work as a part of it but yeah to justin's point we have to see how to be like one of the all-time great heels you need to do it more than one angle as good as that angle is i'll tell you one thing he's one of the best twitter users in quite some time yes he's very good on twitter (laughs) i swear like when i get those alerts on my phone that you know six or seven of the people i follow have all liked a tweet it's it's like always the black heart it's always him (laughs) (laughs) so um what else do we got here uh okay we might have got to this a little bit i feel like this came up last week but what would we think about an all women pay-per-view event yay or nay i am i am all for the women's revolution and there's a lot of talented women on the roster right now 
I don't know if I watch that. I, if, if I watch it, yeah, if I watch it, I, I watch it for, you know, the handful of women that I think are, are, are truly, truly talented in the ring. I, I, I know that's just an awful thing to say, but I mean, that's just, that's because I thought I was, I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody was, was talking about how SmackDown should just be, uh, the women's brand and raw is just the men's. It's like, I, I don't think that works, but no, no, I, a women's one-off pay-per-view. I mean, it could work depending on how they booked it. Of course. There would obviously have to be a major issue to anchor it. Um, I, you know, I'm all for unique concepts and shows. So yeah, absolutely. I think it could happen. Um, so, uh, and they have enough women to do it. So sure. Yeah. It could happen. I think I think I'd like it better, almost like as a special edition of Raw or SmackDown first, or like a TV special. See how that went. As much as Two Hundred Five Live has been improved in 2018, you could argue that the women deserve a show like that far more than cruiserweights, and cruiserweights could just be integrated into one or two matches on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and uh, lastly here, if Triple H was in charge of WWE instead of Vince McMahon, like he probably will be someday, what would he do differently? Because, let me just say first off, I hear from people all the time that, you know, casual fans, people online, um, even hardcore fans, they'll say, NXT is so much better than WWE. Why Why is NXT so much better than WWE? And I always point to the fact that they have a one-hour show versus five hours of television every week. They have it's a, a, taped. Yeah, it's taped. They have a pay-per-view every three months versus every month or almost every couple of weeks sometimes here, like we're seeing this month, if you count Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, but everyone points to you know, Triple H kind of being in charge of the NXT brand. What, what do you guys think he would do? Can you think of anything he would do differently that would like radically change if you had to predict? Would it be a major change if Triple H was in charge, or would it be pretty much what we see now in the main roster? Yeah, stop uh, putting lights on the crowd on special events. Just put them in the dark like in NXT events. <laughs> it's true. There was, there was a lot of lights at Mania. My God, everywhere, constantly. I don't think it would be that different, to be honest with you. I think the only positive that comes quickly to my mind is the synergy between NXT and the main roster. I think considering NXT is Triple H's baby, and if he, I'm now, keep in mind, he'd be a lot more hands-off NXT if he was in charge of the whole kit and caboodle, but considering that's his baby, I don't think you would have the issue you see sometimes where you know these guys get called up from NXT and they kind of quote-unquote flounder on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. I, and maybe you see different types of guys get pushed. Um, but, you know, Triple H is a bodybuilder type. He comes up, you know, you know, people forget, man, Triple H, particularly when he's involved in the booking, like his character, there's a lot of legit criticisms that have been levied his way through the years. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all I got for the rapid fire. Uh, should we get right to this backlash preview? We'll finish with that. Uh, so let's just, you know, brief thoughts on the matches, predictions like we usually do. 
Uh, we'll start right there with, actually, this is a good one to start with because we were texting about this the other night. Start with Brian and Big Cass. All right. So I think uh, the Big Cass segment, we were kind of on different ends of the spectrum here, or at least me and Justin were as we were. Texting. I was like watching it so intently because I, at the time I was watching game one of the Cavs Raptors. Uh-huh. So I see my phone is like going off and I assume it's my dad like bitching about the the Cavs defense. <laughs> and I look and it's you two going off about this segment. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to pay attention to this. Uh, that was a real hoot. Seeing okay. Go back All right. I got to say something about that because I enjoyed it, but I think it was because me and Ryan were watching it in, in like from different viewpoints. I did not watch that as a comedy segment. Like it was more of to make big casts look like an asshole you know not that he's you know he's trying to be funny like like some arrogant frat boy guy would be trying to be funny you know their goal wasn't for laughs it was just to make big casts look bad and that's why i thought it was a good progression from the previous week not because i thought it was hilarious yeah i i don't know i see that as like a i i see that as your typical though like booking for Vince McMahon kind of thing. Like he thinks bringing out the midget dressed up like Daniel Bryan's funny. And he's the only one laughing backstage. I, I think there is a comedy aspect to it, but I I see what you're saying about making casts an asshole. And that makes sense too. Um, But I, I did not think it was as good of a segment as the previous week when cast really blew me away on the mic two weeks ago. Well, here's the thing though. I always talk about people and the idea of expectations. No, not just in wrestling. It, you know, the thing is, two weeks ago, big cast. You know, people weren't really singing his praises. Then he comes out, cuts that promo, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy, they might have something here." And so now, when you watch him the second week, you're like, "There's an anticipation, like, oh, this is going to be good," mm-hmm. and you, and you're kind of measuring him against a different standard than you did the previous week. Well, I thought I thought SmackDown overall this week was a pretty weak show, especially the first hour. I didn't think it. I thought it was a pretty terrible show, to be honest. Um, eh, I think that's harsh. You think so? Because I don't know. On my Twitter timeline, a lot of the people I follow were not high on the show either. But well, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of wrestling, obviously, in the first like hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But I think the wrestling we did get was generally good and. Quite frankly, there didn't need to be a lot of wrestling on that show. You know, we're come. The guys have been just been worked, beaten like a. Have been just worked to death with the Saudi Arabia and the South Africa shows. I mean, you got to give the talent a break, especially with the pay per view coming up this week. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I the the way we cover SmackDown over at Pop Culture is something major happens on the show. We write an article on it, and I was struggling to to have anything to write about on uh, on Tuesday night. But who do we got? It was not this match? a newsworthy. It was not a newsworthy show. No, but that the not every show has to be newsworthy. Yeah, but it was the go home show to a pay per view. Well, so who, I, ba- backlash is very much a WWE Network era pay per view. Well, it it does have. I mean, it, this show has quite a bit of potential as far as the card goes. There's some really good matches here. Um, yeah, well, but well, and we're gonna probably get a world title change, so maybe it's more newsworthy than I'm giving it credit for. 
Yeah. So who do we got, Brian or Cass? I'm going to go with Cass because I think they'll extend this feud a little bit. And I think if Brian wins right away, it's over. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. Big Cass. Colin Cassidy. I'm going to call him by his proper name. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cass and Miz interferes. Okay. For the, for the finish. All right. Braun and Bobby versus KO and Kyle's favorite, Sami Zayn. Hey, I'm higher on Sami Zayn. And by the way, I, I didn't bring it back. That was foul that they did that Saudi Arabia Iran thing for Heat, but yet they, you know, they can't have Sami Zayn on the show. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Um, I, I don't see any way they will have Braun and Lashley lose. And may I just point out that Lashley has some of the most... Uh, boring music i've ever heard when it hit on monday i was like who is this i, I don't yeah, know this music it's, it's, even it's though generic. i've heard it a bunch of, yeah yeah i mean if you want to criticize rain's music oh boy that lashley music they need to do something with it they need to call cfo up and do a remix perhaps <laughs> I, I i hope they do do something interesting and have let ko and sammy get the win but i, I just don't see how they you know don't let Braun and yeah Lashley gets the victory. I would agree. I would also go with Braun and, and Lashley. I don't understand why this match was made. We saw it two <laughs> weeks ago. It ended pretty definitively. Yeah. Then they were part of a six-man. Again, ended pretty definitively. And so if I can be Captain Obvious for a minute, there's only two possible outcomes here, right? Braun and Lashley win. Well, we've seen that, so that's kind of redundant. Or... Owens and Zayn win for the 50-50 booking. And I don't know if you should be doing that. So I just think this is actually poor matchmaking. When, when this was announced, it kind of caught me by surprise. I get wanting to have two of the bigger stars in Braun and Lashley on the show, but this isn't the way I would have done it. I've seen some people hypothesize there could be some tension tease between Braun and Lashley, and maybe they go in that direction. But other than that, I got nothing. I, I just I, I don't. The match was great two weeks ago, but I, I just I don't know what storyline purpose this serves. Well, speaking of who knows, let's go into the who gives a shit match of the night, which is Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton for the U.S. title, from my perspective. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably have to go with Jeff retaining here, but I like I don't really care too much. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, unfortunately... Same as you, I, I don't care, but I think Jeff retains to uh, continue this feud that I'm guessing will eventually lead to a Randy Orton heel turn. You guys aren't going to like this. I've actually kind of enjoyed Randy Orton the last couple Let me days. throw out a Kyle Ross. Oh, no. Oh, hey, Ryan, no. Ryan, can you go ahead and mute Kyle? And we'll <laughs> I just go ahead and finish this. I don't mind laid back. I don't give a fuck U.S. title picture, Randy Orton. Oh, no. It, it's a fine spot on the card for him, and yeah, this match is 2008 written all over it, but <laughs> I don't know. Je I'll tell you what, Jeff Hardy needs a better... You know, everyone's obviously rightfully going to malign Jinder Mahal for that awful spot when the... You know, it was the wind, not the whisper, that got him uh, at the greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble ever, but... Jeff Hardy wasn't exactly uh, any great shakes in that match either. That was a, dare I say, 2003-like Jeff Hardy performance. <laughs> so, uh, 
hopefully he he's better here. Orton's solid enough. I, I can't see. There's really no reason to go back to Orton. I don't think. Uh, so I'll call. I'll make it three for three, and Jeff retains. All right. And then this one should be good. The IC title match, Rollins and The Miz. Uh, I would think Rollins would have to win here because I don't see the IC title and the U.S. title both being on SmackDown. Agreed. Yeah, I was thinking about this one earlier, like how this match is so ridiculous that it's even on the card because like, you look at it, it's like, well, obviously Seth Rollins wins because the Intercontinental title has to stay on, on Raw. But, you know, I started thinking, I was like, man, talk about the all-time, like, getting heat and pissing off the fans. How amazing would it be? You get Miz on SmackDown because everybody wants this feud with Daniel Bryan, but then all of a sudden he wins the Intercontinental title and goes back to Raw. It, that, that would be effing incredible. As much I don't want that to happen, but that would be freaking incredible. It'd be one way to push that feud back and kind of delay it more yeah they could do it as just a special attraction match at SummerSlam. well not that it means anything but i know that miz and brian are advertised for house shows like throughout this month so i don't think they're going to do that but card subject to change so depending how quickly they want to i mean obviously like you just said they're they're doing the show that match at the house shows if they have Miz cost Brian the match against Cass, I can see Brian coming out and doing a receipt here. Yeah. And costing Miz. That makes sense. Yeah. Kind of keep guys both strong in defeat. Yeah. All right. We got our first WrestleMania rematch of the night. Um, Nia Jax taking on Alexa Bliss in her return to the ring in the WrestleMania 34 rematch. Um, I don't see the I don't see them taking the belt off of Nia this soon, uh, so I, I would have to go with Nia Jax. Where where's uh, Alexa Bliss been? What's she been up to? <laughs> Reportedly <laughs> having some surgery and recovering. Mm, okay, I okay. I believe we hinted at that a few weeks ago. Kyle was hinting at that night. Uh, yeah, Nia Jax. I, I, they should probably do the squash that they should have done at WrestleMania. Although I believe um, this may have been her second surgery in that regard. I've heard that. Since she was a bodybuilder before, she just had a different size before. She uh, she was having surgery to become even more of a enhancement talent. Yes. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> okay, so yeah. wait, Justin, you had who now? I lost my name. Okay, Nia, yeah. yeah. This kind of feels a little... Lame duck, which is kind of what I warned about when I argued that maybe Alexa should have retained at WrestleMania because the dynamic of Nia as champion and Alexa's challenger isn't that great. Even though I think Nia, those fall PSAs she do does are great, but I don't know. I, I just don't think anyone buys Alexa regaining the title, and I'm not sure there's a justifiable reason that she should. No. Yep. I think we're all in agreement there then. Um, the other women's title match, Carmella and Charlotte Flair. Um, I think Carmella would keep the belt here, in my opinion, with some kind of inter- interference to cost Charlotte the match. So so one of Carmella's buddies comes out from the back. Um, 
Iconics. Probably yes, probably the Iconics and, and Cost Charlotte. Man, this is this is not good pod that I'm I'm just agreeing with everything you're saying. <laughs> it's like you're reading my mind. It's there the, the title is definitely going back to Charlotte, but it's I think it's too soon and they they're gonna work this this rivalry for as long as they can. Yeah. Yeah, they could do like a DQ or some lame fuck finish, but Carmella's not losing the title, is yeah. all I know. Yeah. All right, the top two matches. So we, we just spent like half the show on them, but Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Now this one, it's a little more difficult to predict. Uh, it should be a pretty good match. Joe has been great since he came back, so it would make sense for him to get a win, but at the same time, Reigns hasn't got a win in a while. So I don't know. I, I don't. I can't really decide on this one, guys. Are we going to get yeah. another messed up finish or... It's tough to say if they're like if they're kind of like if the the angle is actually that you know Roman is coming up short lately, and I think Joe could certainly use a big victory coming back yes. from an injury. Then I, I could definitely see him going over. Uh, the watching John Cena for a decade in me tells me that Roman's going over here to get some of his juice back after the WrestleMania loss and the, you know, quote unquote, uh, greatest Royal rumble loss, man, it's a tough one. This is, this is, this and, you know, the next match are definitely to me, the only two intriguing matches of the show. I, I'm going to go Roman reigns. I, I, he's going to get some of his juice back. I don't think, I, I think it would Man, I don't know. It, this is good. This is good. I like where we're at with this match. Yeah, so Mojo. What? <laughs> Did you change? Yeah, I changed. I okay. changed. <laughs> I um, talked myself out of it mid-sentence. <laughs> I hate the narrative of Reigns winning here as a baby face. I absolutely hate it. I, again, I want to say they can't do it, but they can. And it's funny that they tease Samoa Joe coming for AJ Styles' title because, spoiler alert, I don't think AJ Styles is going to be the champion after this show. You know, if I did, then I would absolutely think Joe's going to go over here. But uh, I guess that kind of you know gives them an out with Rowan. But, man, I, I, I'm going... It is hard, but I'm going Samoa Joe, too. Shame on me. I'll be made to look stupid. Oh, man. All right, I haven't picked. Well, WWE logic would tell me Reigns would win because yep. Joe has just ran him down like a school child on the microphone for weeks now and, and looked like the better guy. So if I'm trying to think like them, they're like, God, Roman's got to get the win to get his juice back, like Justin said. But then at the same time... The more I just reasonable... hate that narrative. Yeah, like the, yeah, right. Roman Reigns is Roman's gonna beat back another challenge, but you yeah. know now you now is he ready for Brock Lesnar? Now is he ready to tame the beast? Like we've seen this before, man, and it it, it doesn't end well. Joe has just been so good. I don't want to see him lose clean to Roman Reigns the way Reigns has been going the last four weeks. So do they do a non-finish? That's what I was th just because it is, uh, you know, 
interbrand match like this, they could. Uh, man. But, who, like, if someone... Are we seeing interference? Like, does Brock come out and just beat the hell out of Roman? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like, what kind of interference well, well, would they do? Well, I mean, it would be par for, it'd be par for the court. Uh, I don't know. Like, they just it just becomes a wild brawl and, yeah. you know, double DQ. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the big question is, where does each guy go, you know, like, go for money in the bank? Are they just both going to be... Because it's interesting that they're, I assume that the Money in the Bank ladder matches are going to feature performers from both brands now. So it's going to, it's you know, it's going to be like half the guys are from Raw, half are from SmackDown. I could see both these guys in that match. And so if that's the case, I'm, I almost, I hate to say this, but I'm not sure it matters who wins. I'll tell you what, this might be where the universe ends. Like they're going to be brawling so hard, and considering what Roman Reigns' real name is, the winner's going to be Samoan Joe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I guess if I had to pick a winner, I think I would also go with Joe, just because he's been so great since he's been back. And God, how do you beat him? But I, th- I think the odds are better we get a false finish or a DQ finish or something like that. We'll see. But I. Kind of going into the into the next match, I'm in agreement with Kyle. I think we're going to get a title change here. I know we said that last week. But, man, the master of the low blow himself, Shinsuke Nakamura, has been so great of late. I think it would be a huge mistake to not put the title on him. And as much as I love AJ Styles, his title runs got stale. It's time to freshen up the brand. I would love to see Nakamura get the title. Now, his heel character. So I'm going to go with the title change here in the main event. No, for fuck's sake, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Nakamura doesn't win the title here, I mean, you've kind of, I mean, obviously his baby face run was not what was we expected, but, you know, if he loses here, he just kind of becomes an upper mid-card heel with, it's just whatever. So, I don't know. Put the title on him. Okay, so we're, Pretty much an agreement across the board here, guys. Nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing too outlandish to uh, to discuss. I think I think in the ring it'll be a pretty good show. I don't think um, we're gonna get anything too wild, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Any any uh, closing thoughts or any predictions on where they're gonna go coming out of Backlash as far as title feuds or anything like that? No, that's you know I guess that's kind of down I as I am on some of this, that is kind of the best part of where we're at right now is if you put a little bit of faith into WWE, they can go almost anywhere kind of going in and coming out of this, this pay-per-view is there. They've got a lot of options open to them. Mm-hmm. A lot of good options. Will they take any of them though? Oh, probably not. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make a prediction right now. My prediction is that at SummerSlam, we'll see a heel Nakamura with the title taking on Daniel Bryan. I agree with that. SmackDown world title match. What's the Raw world title match? At SummerSlam? The universal title match. Okay. (sighs) I I could see Braun and Brock finally happening then, although I hope they do it 
earlier than that, to be honest. I've oh. heard some rumors of Lashley uh, Lesnar will happen at that show. Oh, God. Please, no. I just don't think Lashley's a big deal. I think they think he's a bigger deal than he is. They, you know what they need to do? I, I So I was watching the six-man, which I thought was poorly kind of put together, given the dynamics of the night in Montreal. You had, you know, I, I don't think anyone really came out of it looking the way they needed to. Braun got cheered, and they tried, you know, they tried making him look super strong, but they had him do it at the expense of two hometown heroes, which is certainly an odd way to book. But I, I was thinking of your comments on Lashley as I was watching that match, and, you know, Part of the reason maybe you feel that way is they haven't really done any character work with him since he came back. They just they had him come out and beat up Elias, and now he just kind of comes out and teams up with Braun Strowman. Yeah, like he hasn't really like it's like you know who is he? What is he after? What is you know they've done no real character work with him. I, I think that's something moving forward that we need to see from the writing team. So he has the NXT syndrome, you're saying. When they bring up these guys from NXT and assume everyone knows everything about them. I get, yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's just like, all right, he's a big, strong guy, but, you know, and he does, but I don't know if it does him any favors to be teaming with Strowman, who is also a big, strong man that is very over with the crowd. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's doing him any favors. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That's a good point. All right. Well, we should have plenty to talk about on next week's show. Justin, any closing comments? No, man. I got nothing. We, we made I it through the show, here, man. The no tornado. And that's right. Uh, Kyle, you're missing the next two weeks. Is that right? I will. Bonjour. All right. Well, <laughs> it'll either be Justin and myself going solo. like We've done that many times in the past. Or maybe we'll get a, a guest co-host on... Uh, in your spot while you're enjoying Europe, Kyle. Yes. I, I hope they let you back into the country. Don't bring anything illegal back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, get it all out of your system over there. <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, we're going to take it home for episode 57. I am glad that we didn't have to stop. No tornado came through Justin and I's town tonight, so we are good to go for backlash. Um, I, I shudder to think how many tadpoles are out in the, back, in the backyard. Though. God knows what's going on in that pond over These in Cleveland, fucking Ohio. Fucking frogs, literally. <laughs> Dude, you're going over to France. You shouldn't be talking about like that. Yeah, man, you're going to be seeing a lot of love over there, by the way, in France. Yeah, at least somebody's, at least somebody's getting some in this house. I'll say that much. Hey-oh! <laughs> Watch out in France, man. It is the country of lovers. Keep an eye on your wife. You can't trust them Frenchmen. La Resistance going to be over there? Like, <laughs> worry about Rene Dupree doing his dance over there or what? <laughs> hey, there's there's an interview we could probably get on the show, guys. Let's contact Rene Dupree and see if he'll come on Top Rope Nation. Have a very in-depth conversation about La Resistance. I actually was listening to a little Rene Dupree talk. Not him talk, but discussion about Rene Dupree on... Uh, one of the uh, Bruce Pritchard shows this afternoon while I was driving around. I had it on. They nice. were talking about Rene Dupree. All right. Well, everyone, enjoy WWE Backlash on Sunday night. Check us out on Twitter, at Top Rope Pod. Enter the contest I talked about at the beginning of the show. Find us at TopRopeNation.com. Check you guys out next week. Peace.